You can get in your fancy yells, you can drink them by the flagon, but the only food for the brave and true comes from the green dragon. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Kylie's Around the World SBG Tour. It's Monday morning after Nova, and I, I wanted to record this last night when everything was a bit fresh in my mind, but I just got sidetracked with packing up, helping pack up the tournament. I was absolutely wiped from all the games I had played, and there were so many people that I just wanted to chat to before they disappeared, and yeah, probably wouldn't see for quite some time. So yeah, I hope you'll forgive me for, for getting this out a little bit later than I would have liked, but Hey, you're going to get the games either way, and I have two absolute bangers for you today, two fantastic games, uh, and yeah, I, I cannot wait to get into these games because I felt these were these were some of my more prouder games of the tournament. I felt I was able to formulate a plan and then have that plan pretty much work, like didn't have to pivot at all, just worked from the get-go, so it was really, really rewarding to have that kind of um, a play and style. Uh, set up for me in the, uh, the first game. So, uh, game uh, number five, I was playing to the death against Steven. Now, Steven was running a uh, kind of a, a Lake Town, um, Survivors of Lake Town, of course, sorry, Survivors of Lake Town and uh, Thorin with some some iron arable reclaimed iron hills so lots of defense seven defense eight front line with some nasty uh horde behind it with the lake town uh he also had a captain kicking around and an alfred of course to give those extra crucial bits of might to bard when or the captain when he needs it but anyway straight into the game so we were vetoed out uh, scenarios and i decided to veto i think it was to the death. I wasn't too keen. Was it to the death? No, I think I vetoed contest to champions because I didn't want to really go into the the kill points. But essentially, my opponent had the choice between um to the death and lords, and he didn't fancy himself against lords of battle. And we ended up going into to the death. Now, I had a plan for to the death. I had a plan for the other ones. Um. But to the death, I was I was pretty happy with getting. I didn't mind it. I I would have I think preferred Lords of Battle, uh, particularly against the Hordiad with all those juicy juicy late town to get heaps of kill points on. But to the death, I had a plan. So I knew my opponent had to come to me because I had a banner and he didn't. But the terrain we were playing on the Easterling board at Nova, which had a couple of these like big line of sight blocking temples and uh, towers and and houses and stuff. But around each of these houses and temples and all these things. There was this one inch of like raised cobblestone about an inch inch and a half off the ground and an inch wide around the edges so it was perfect conditions for the acolytes to jump up and down almost getting a bit of a home field advantage if you will uh playing the emperor uh, and the acolytes and the easterling boards now set up in the center straight away in the middle and my opponent decided to go on the far left flank from me now, he kind of came out into the open, uh, came forward, kind of setting up for a shooting gallery, uh, figuring I would march to him. But I'm figuring, I've got the advantage here. I have the banner. He has to come to me. So I marched, got the drum, made some sick-ass beats, and ducked behind a temple to basically deny all the, the line of sights and all the ability for the late count to shoot me. 
This basically forced my opponent to run, and over the next kind of 10 minutes, he positioned up, moved up, moved up, moved up, and slowly but surely got into a position where there was this nice choke between uh, the temple and the storehouse. And that choke was about, I would say, 60 mil wide. It was about six bases wide. And my opponent went into that choke. He held it up. He had Bard and Thorin inside. He was sending a contingent around the right to get around the, the temple to, to flank me. And on the left, he had um, the Lake Town captain and stuff uh, running to cut me off. So basically boxing me into this corner. But I had a plan. See, Easterns love fighting and choke points. So on the turn, I had uh, previous turn, I set up uh, the drums that the Tarby and a couple of uh, guys could charge. And then the march uh, from the drum could get all the uh, pikemen up into range. So I went into the choke. Thinking, I'm getting them, I'll lock them up here, hold the line, and then we'll grind this out. But little did I know, my Eastlings were out for blood. Dwarven blood, as it happens. And on the first rounds of combat, I killed five of the Iron Hill Dwarves. Just from basic warriors. Ritabi did also go absolutely bonkers and kill two herself. But the other two combats, I got another three kills in them. Killed all five in the front rank. And my opponent's face just dropped. He went, oh my god, I just lost my entire front rank in this little choke. I only, he only had two Iron Hills Dwarfs left in there. And there was a whole bunch of juicy, juicy militia for me to chew through. So, my opponent wisely called a heroic move. I did try to counter with uh, the retired Master of Battle, but he won uh, with the roll-off. Disengaged completely. And now had set up the perfect kill box for me. And I'm like... I don't want this. I don't want anything to do with this kill box. In fact, I called a channel too, which made him even more gun shy to go forward. Uh, and with me having the priority, I decided, well, you know what? I've called the drum this turn uh, to collect my back line. I might go pick on one of these uh, little groups that are trying to run away. Uh, try, sorry, trying to flank me. So I duked my whole army back, ducked back behind the storehouse. Uh, um, sorry, not the storehouse. Yeah, no, the storehouse. Uh, ducked back behind the storehouse and unleashed a channeled tremor from Brogiet, knocking, uh, knocking down and killing five uh, late town and knocking down another two. Just went straight through this flanking force. And the captain was like, oh no, my entire contingent just got knocked down. And the next turn, I was able to even follow that up again uh, with another tremor, killing another four. So I spent all of Brogy's might and will to get these tremors off. It was a, you know, it was, it was a bit, bit all in by my part. But getting nine kills and assisting in another, so essentially ten kills for Brogy, was an absolute clutch. So I basically killed five Iron Hills, picked up another one with shooting. So sixteen kills on the board plus the ten from Brogy's tremor, that put me in a commanding lead. It had even up the model count from forty-four. Uh, down, he's coming down to, you know, uh, 30, 32, and I still had pretty much the majority of my army. I'd lost one shieldman, uh, and one acolyte. So it, we're playing on even footy and I still had lots in the bank. I still had Ritabi basically at full stats. Emperor was going strong. Still had the drum, still had a lot of my utility. So it was game on. And my opponent decided, well, I can't fight this. Disengaged again. I tried to set up in the center of the table where there's a lot, a lot more open field. And basically, look, I, I, I'm, I'm not running into that. I am going to die. So I'm looking at it and going, well, it's my game to, well, maybe not lose, but it's my turn to chase down some points. And I really wanted some more points. I didn't want to go out with a 2-0 in this game. 
So I abandoned my choke points, marched forward into space, and I tried to try to bait my opponent in because I really wanted to get the break without being broken. I offered him a charge with some late town and some dwarves onto the uh, um, emperor to try and uh, pin him in and uh, maybe allow a setup for Bard and Thorin next turn. But my opponent declined, once again disengaged. And I think if you wanted to chase, if Stephen wanted to chase the win here, I think he did need to commit into it. I was set up though. Uh, to counter, I had Watabi in charge range. Uh, she wasn't in the drum march either, so she could charge in still and, and possibly, you know, her at combat and bail the uh, Dragon Emperor out. Uh, but I marched Brogear and his contingent around the flank. The, the drum was doing work in this game, can I tell you that much? And just tried to pursue him down. But unfortunately, with the time constraints and me trying to, like, chase and my opponent disengage and my opponent disengage, he stemmed the bleeding. And although I only won the game 2 0, it Two is double zero in this case. So I managed to walk away with another major win. So that puts me on three major wins and a draw, which is really, really good going into the final game. So I really just, I just needed to secure one more win. And I think I can get a podium. I didn't think I could get the first place at this point uh, because, well, Evan was absolutely tearing up a storm up on the top tables, as was Brian with his... Uh, Angma. And I'm figuring that game is going to decide it. Evan's got like a massive differential on me, like plus, plus, nearly plus 20. And, and Brian had a higher differential on me too. And I'm like, okay, I'm not playing for first. I'm playing for second. Who cares? Let's just go into this last game and have a bit of fun. And this last game was a bunch of it. I was playing Alishir and he was playing Lake Town. Uh, specifically the old school Lake Town. So, uh, just like an army of Lake Towns. So we had the Master Alfred uh, Braga, uh, Bard Bilbo allied in from Thorin's company, which I thought was a really sneaky choice there to get the uh, get the old um, uh, the Ring of Power into the list. And he also had Sigurd and Tilda, of course, to give Bard those pesky free heroic combats, as well as that crucial, crucial fight six. So we had the final pool of scenarios, which were the object scenarios. And look, I didn't fancy running across the board uh, in retrieval into an army of Lake Town where they can just set up, hunker down, and I would have to grind my way through it. So I'm like, nah, get rid of retrieval. We ain't playing it. And as I suspected, my opponent was like, you've got a drum and a lot of really nasty front to back. I don't particularly want to play uh, Seize the Prize. So in the end, we played Destroy the Supplies, which I think it's, it's an interesting one. I'm not sure if I had the advantage or not, but I had a couple of tricks up my sleeve that I had learned from this tournament. All my lessons learned from all my previous games, I was going to put into practice. Every single little thing, all of the, the tidbits that I got from Kevin and Michael from Masters about Brogy, I was going to put into practice. All of the little movement shenanigans that I picked up from... Um, Matt and Evan in the previous games, I was going to put into practice. I even was putting in uh, the, uh, the the sheer ferocity that I could use with the Emperor and being aggressive and how much of a psychological piece he can be on the table. And this game was probably my favorite in terms of setting up a strategy. So I set up right in the middle of the table. Now the Lake Town erred on the right side, at the right flank of the table because there was this nice alleyway between these two big Oscillates rooms. So I'm pitch the table three massive Osculeus ruins in the center of the table. Uh, and these are not like the GW ones. These are like her starts uh, molded uh, uh, 
brick ones so that they're nice big chunky ones and there's some other scatter terrain and, and smaller ruins around but these three big ruins in the center of the kind of forming this triangle in the middle of the table were the main thing so you had three main streets and the street that i was looked like i was marching down was going to the lake town's far right frank it's where his leader was it's where a lot of the points on the board were sitting and i made it look like that's where i was going i drummed up the march i ran down that car i got the emperor in behind some terrain features and i said to myself the shooting is going to be brutal but if i can get away with maybe a wound on the palaquin maybe a a fate point off the emperor and a couple of kills i'm okay with that the first couple of shootings so the first round of shooting comes in and all bard manages to do and all the archers was ping a wound off the palaquin i'm like great this is a good position i once again i march up i go up this street towards the that that right side uh, making it look like I'm going straight in on this objective. Like, I, I, I even did, I tried to sell it as much as possible. Kept asking what's there, where's Braga, where's the, the captain, you know, measuring out the six inches, how far I was, and putting all my attention and focus on this right flank, but in secret. That was not my target, ladies and gentlemen. It wasn't, I wasn't going for that right flank. I was going for the left. The left was where I wanted to go, and I had a plan. And I, I even told Devin this, who was uh, the TO uh, kind of sneaking around, taking glances at this table, and I said, I went, I'm gonna call the channel here next turn, I'm gonna make him disperse, and then I'm gonna drum my entire army to the left. And that's what I did. I called the channel, I got lucky, I lost the priority role as well. So my opponent uh, couldn't, uh, had to react, because I, I broke your channel, is such a scary proposition to have to deal with. Broke your channeling is like, oh no, my entire Lake Town army is just going to get channeled through 2D6. This could be absolutely massive. So poof, the Lake Town all spread out. They they fan out into this massive concave. Some go backwards, some go a little bit forward, some go out to the side. But now there is just this picket line of all these Lake Town. And I've called the drum, so I can't charge. And then the Emperor basically goes, right lads, to the left, to the left, doing doing everything I could, every single model I could, move to the left, a couple dropped back, and the drake sat on my right-hand uh, right flank anchoring, and I moved everything to the left. Brogy was like, right, Channel Fury, throw that up. I still lost an archer um, and a pikeman to the, the crack button shooting, but the main thing was that entire left flank was now under-defended. There was maybe three, four Lake Town um, sitting there. Uh, a couple had moved forward to try to pressure my left flank, but now they look severely outnumbered. Bard had duped back towards the right because he felt he needed to come uh, support that, that side. But now it looked really dire. And the, that's when I sprung my trap. Next turn, my opponent threw in, tried to pin the Emperor and stuff in place. Rutabi had some combats. And this is where I did some sneaky, sneaky forward planning because I'm looking at where Bilbo's positioning was. And when Bard went, they're looking for a, for a takedown on the Emperor, or maybe even trying to get the Palakwin out after I defense. So Bilbo and the and Bard were looking to pincer in the, uh, the Emperor, but I, I had prepared. I had foreseen what was going to happen next turn. Heroic combat with Mutabi and clean up all the Lake Town around Bilbo, so that if Bilbo does go into the Emperor Invisible, he's going to be alone. Just him, and with Mutabi within a couple of inches, she was a good bet to pass her courage test, get in and peel Bilbo off the all-important Emperor's combat. And then that's where the stars align. All these late town had come in and hedged off and pinned and stuff. Shied away Bard. Bard had to back off five inches. The Emperor was able to duck into the combat with a random late town. In went the uh, um, 
In went uh, Brogier as well, because he still had a might point. Um, Brogier had taken a wound from a lucky archer shot earlier as well, but he uh, fated that away um, and took another wound as well. But now Brogier and the Emperor called a heroic combat with the Emperor, pushed the Emperor super aggressively towards that left flank, followed up with a cataphract, with an acolyte, and Brogier sneakily dropped back. Now, there was a very good reason why I dropped him back, because those pesky late town that were running for my left-hand objective well, now I have Brogy in range, so it didn't matter if I got priority next turn or not. I was able to call the heroic move regardless and be able to pin the late town on the left flank. On the right flank, the late town was starting to push up, and I had was a little worried because I, I had that lightly defended. I had a single shieldman, a single acolyte, and the drake holding an entire objective by themselves, and this horde of late town was basically running at them. But the terrain was a little awkward to get around, and I had a plan. See, all those models that were cleaning up the left flank, I had brought the drum over and hoped that if I can kill, can kill confirm all these kills, make sure I kill these three Lake Town that are trying to capture the objective. Next turn, I can call for the drum and march them back across and either push them up to help the Emperor or push them right and defend my objectives. And luckily, I got all the kills I needed, killed all three Lake Town, moved their whole, whole back line across and reinforced all those holes in the line that looked very, very precarious. Rutabi was doing absolutely god's work in this game she was she was that was was the queen going check to the king every time the late town um the master of late town couldn't push up uh bilbo was relatively contained uh by her and she was just getting in there getting a couple of kills every turn but always threatening her at combat to push forward and barb was in this super awkward position of does he go into the emperor knowing that the emperor has a fight uh elven blade and knowing that Alfred was really far away at this point, and it would mean putting the girls in danger as well. So Bard wisely backed away, left it open, and then I was able to sneak a cataphract and an acolyte onto the far left objective, and thanks to some archery missing and not doing anything, picked up that objective and secured at least one destroyed supply. And I was, I was ecstatic. I went, this is it. This is my game to win to really get some good points up on the board and try and secure this second place finish and i pushed i pushed everything up super aggressive army falling back using the drum to reposition bring my back lines across quickly i managed to get in break the late town and once i had the late town broken all those models that were trying to do one last dish try to push in on the objectives bards last attempt to try and like heroic combat and sneak through maybe get to an objective was thoroughly thwarted by Rutabi basically keeping him in check once again keeping that whole right flank in check going none of you heroes can come forward I made a valiant attempt to try and maybe burn one more objective but I couldn't quite secure it so in the end I managed to secure the 6-0 win in destroy the supplies and I was over the moon another major victory this I think had secured me second place regardless of any of the other results and i was i was ready i was like second place at nova this is a dream come true but then i stole a glance at the top table brian versus evan an absolute slugfest angmar versus pits of golgador and sees the prize and when i looked at the game game state evan was broken but evan had the prize Evan got the win but like i said earlier we we're on the same score going into this last round four major wins and one draw apiece evan couldn't quite secure the double victory points copped a minor win and opened the door for me to just ever so barely by a single tournament point sneak through and i got the win i was shocked i got the win 
five wins in a draw. How did that win the tournament? I thought you had to go six zero, but turns out five wins in a draw was absolutely enough. And I'm completely over the moon. I cannot express how how shocked and um, happy I am to, to pick this win up because I, this this was a really rough tournament. I had to go through some extremely competent and thorough players. All my games, like uh, Alishir, both the Iversons, I had to cut my way through. Steven gave me an absolute smashing game. Uh, Samir also with his Assault and Lothlorien had to make, had to really make me work with such a, such a just rough game in that regard. And I, I'm not going to forget you, Avery. I know you say that you, you felt a bit down, but mate, you had a lead, a really strong lead at the start of our game. And I had to really fight back to claw back that victory. So yeah, six absolutely sl massive slugfests and you know what, I, I will admit, I did get a bit lucky in some of my games, like my army bonus kept the game going, which allowed me to score some uh, major victories in some of those, because if I had got a minor win in any of those other games where if the game had ended just that little bit earlier, I wouldn't have got it, and yeah, it turns out the Eastlink army bonus is really good to securing major wins, because twice in two of my games, I used it to keep the game going, to pick up some extra victory points and secure a major win, which was yeah, it was so, so clutch. So, yeah, th this list, I, I can't believe I slept on Brogear for so long. Like, Brogear is just, has is, he's just a class act. He is so much threat in such an affordable points cost, and he just provides you answers and gives you a tool that I think is really important in the Eastern list. The channel Blade Wrath, or just the Blade Wrath in general, is so helpful, so useful with cutting through those pesky defense seven defense eight armies and those big tough heroes and i'm also loving the tremor as it's a straight up threat piece because that channel tremor to force the army to scatter really helps you uh abuse your advantage because if you're having to do that massive spread out and your models go backwards when you have the drum that can actually buy you an extra couple of turns so the army doesn't come at you as one cohesive unit. It comes kind of re-engages re you in dips and drabs, which can give you a couple of turns of a really good advantage, which is precisely what I did in my game um, against uh, Ashir at, at the end there in that last game. And that was what was, was the kind of strategy I was hoping for, being able to maneuver and move my army around so quickly and get into a position so thoroughly that I was in good stead for the rest of the, tour, uh, rest of the game. And... Yeah, I the tools at the disposal in this Eastern list is absolutely amazing. I think Brogear is an absolute auto-include in this list now. Um, I will say I did wish I had a couple more archers in the army. I brought five along with me overseas, and I'm, I'm shattered I didn't bring all five to this tournament. I figured, oh, Americans, they, they like their, their shooting walls and hordes. I'll, 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 I'll take more shields. But no, I, I really did need the five archers just to keep um, more of the heroes honest and put up a bit of a fight in those longer engagements because I had a lot of games where we went longer, like long games, like 32 turns against Evan, like, massive mobility um against this late town list um and i desperately needed a couple of bow shots against the the uh the goblin town so having uh the, the army that i did uh was was yeah it was super amazing i think a, a war drake is absolutely you need at least one in every easterling list now i think that they're they're a tool that is such so so useful the terror the poison it just provides extra threat and i think once you've got those that core pieces, there's a couple of handful of cataphracts, that war drum, the drake, handful of archers, and you're 
you can basically play with whatever you want from there. I think it's a choice whether you take the captain at 650, 800, you definitely take it. Um, but at 650, you can go Dragon Knight, Rutabi, whatever. I like Rutabi because she's very reliable. And yes, I finally got her off UK soil. She's back. She's back, everyone. Rutabi, the machine is back. So yeah, super stoked. Second and first at Arda. Second for the doubles first. Uh, sorry, not Arda. Second and first for Nova. Second for the doubles, first for the for the singles. So yeah, super, super happy about that. Super happy with my results. And um, yeah, I... Uh, I guess it's on to New Zealand now to 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 play in Avon Hand and catch up with Lockie and crew. So that's going to be an absolutely amazing, amazing uh next leg of my trip. Uh yeah, I've got a couple couple of shout outs that I do need to new do need to give out because I, I did have a long chat with quite a number of players um, at the end of this uh uh Sunday kind of wrap up deal when we we're like um packing up and stuff so still massive shout out to jacob my teammate and stuff a massive massive huge mega huge over the moon mount ever shout out to devon for hosting such an amazing call uh, tournament i also like to just applaud devon's to ability the way he tos is i think the gold standard for tos um i'm not sure if i've used that for tos uh yeah i think i've used the gold standard for something i think it was michael and, and sportsmanship and stuff um but Devin's just respect for the game, respect for the rules, and his respect for the players in, in, you know, going out and looking up a rule and how he treats the tournament is just, I, I was just very, very impressed. And it, it made this day just all the more amazing. So thank you so much, Devin, uh, for all of that. Um, big shout out to uh, Jimmy and Jarrett uh, in, um, in the bar. We had a nice little uh, long chat. That was uh, a lot of fun. So thank you guys for coming to say hi and uh, letting me indulge myself and, and put up with my uh, my my nattering. Uh, nattering. Uh, that was really cool. Caleb and Sean also. Hi, thanks for coming up and saying hello, guys. Uh, that was great. Um, I enjoyed the, the little chats we have. And finally, one huge big thank you to Tim. Uh, Tim was running the Dwarf Rangers this tournament, and he's a bit of a bit of an old soul, has a... Um, has a lot of thoughts about the game and one thing i will say that the thing that i have appreciated the most from this tip trip uh particularly to the us is chatting with tim uh not because we might have you know have different ideas in the game but because I, I he demonstrated a part of the game that i think that i'm now starting to move towards you know playing some more of these fun interesting lists because if Articon uh, was the awakening of, like, I've done everything, Nova was the, the capstone in that. So, yeah, I, I really appreciated uh, my chats with Tim. So, Tim, if you're listening, thank you so much because all of the, the sage bits of advice and the wisdom that you've shared with me this tournament, I am definitely going to be taking to heart and really, really having a good long think about it, particularly once I get to have a bit of a relax in uh, uh, New Zealand and once I get back home because... Uh, You've given me a, such a new outlook on the game and what I want to do with the game going forward. So thank you so much for that. And I think that is a perfect place to leave it. So without further ado, I won't take you any more time. But as always, Trap Swing Games. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. 
Please be advised that the Green Dragon podcast is not suitable for children, the elderly, pregnant women, those with a history of heart conditions, or anyone expecting to receive worthwhile advice. You can contact us on thegreendragonpodcasts at gmail.com. Yes, it has an S at the end. Or our Facebook page, The Green Dragon Podcast. We do not claim ownership of any works based on J.R.R. Tolkien, New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, or Games Workshop. This podcast is purely for entertainment. The thoughts, as rare as they are, are solely that of our hosts and guests. Farewell, listener, until we meet again.